When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, dear nerds. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. And I'm here with a very special surprise bonus episode for you on this Valentine's Day. I'm not really a Valentine's Day person. I'm not a fan of how weirdly co-opted Cupid has become in the form of those weird little cherubs that are definitely from late Roman times and not at all Greek and also just weird. And why are they on everything? So today, we're going back to the OG Greek version of Cupid, Eros, but not in the way you might expect. 
we're talking the origin of the concept of soulmates. But first, I wanted to let you know of a little promotion I'm going to run. Now, this is the first time I've tried anything like this, so hopefully it goes as planned. The Myth Baby Instagram is, give or take, 2,000 followers away from 10,000. And I honestly just really want to see it switch to that 10K instead of individual digits. It just seems super satisfying visually and excites me because all of you are so wonderful. So the promotion is thus. When I hit the 10,000th follower, I will have another Q&A. This will be one that we planned beforehand and I'll announce it ahead of time on Instagram and everything. In addition to that, I'll have some sort of post that requires participation in some way, still working out those details, but such participation will result in one winner who will win a Myths Baby tote bag. That would be my lovely logo designed by my wonderful friend Matthew on a tote bag. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, get on over there and search for Myths Baby so we can get this Q&A and promotion going. The concept of soulmates comes not from a Greek tragedian, nor Homer, or really anyone of myth fame. It comes from Plato, the philosopher, and his work called The Symposium. This basically results in its having kind of flown on pretty under the radar, simply because it's not the most exciting thing to read for fun, so I'm here to sort it out for you. In The Symposium, Plato composes conversations between famous people of his time on the topic of love and eroticism and where they discuss philosophical concepts between them. This is all written by Plato, but he liked to pose his theories through the voices of others. If you're going to talk ancient philosophy, it's a pretty interesting way to learn it, honestly. As if these people were just having an incredibly insightful and fascinating conversation. So? Bonus episode, The Weirdly Wonderful Origin Story of Soulmates. The concept of soulmates in the symposium is posed by Aristophanes. Aristophanes, you may remember, was a comedic playwright of Athens. He wrote the piece of art that is the Lysistrata. So, you know, generally we love Aristophanes. He's speaking with a number of men. The symposium takes place at a party of smart men in Athens. They've had some drinks, and they're talking love and sex. Aristophanes believes that humans have failed to understand the importance of love and its impact on, well, everything. He poses this about the concept, and as a result, about Eros himself. The two are linked in their world. Eros is love, and to Aristophanes, people just didn't understand Eros, or if they did, there would be the most dramatic and impressive temples to him everywhere. If people understood the importance of love, Eros would be the god to praise and worship. This inability to grasp the power of Eros, Aristophanes says, comes from the origin of our human nature, something in our past that makes us unable to comprehend it. In our past, he says, humans were a different breed entirely. Long ago, there were three genders, male, female, and a combination of the two, androgyny. But also then, humans were a different creature, round and double-sided. Humans had four arms, four legs, two sets of genitals, and two faces. We were doubles. Some were double female, some double male, some one of each. And the three genders of this time, Aristophanes says, come from what they were modeled off of. See, men were modeled off the sun, women the earth, and the combined gender, the moon as the moon itself, they believe, was a combination of the sun and the earth. 
But these humans were too powerful, and they had guts. They invaded Mount Olympus, and the gods were threatened by their power. It couldn't stand. But they couldn't be destroyed entirely. Then the gods would lose the honors and the sacrifices and all the goodies that come from the humans that worship them. Who could intentionally lose that? Certainly not Zeus. So he had to come up with another plan. Another way of dealing with the power these humans had. So he split them. Zeus cut these humans in half. This, he imagined, would make them half as powerful and twice as helpful. There would be twice as many people to sacrifice to and worship the gods. The gods are a hint selfish, if you hadn't gathered. And so Zeus cut everyone in half. He had Apollo's help in putting them back together. Apollo wrapped the halves around so they would meet in the middle, joining down the center of the newly formed human bodies. He healed the wounds up and left only the navel as a reminder of the wounds they had once. So, yes, according to this, our bodies were yanked together by the gods and sewn up. Truly pleasant ideas these Greeks came up with. Couldn't love them more. Speaking of beautiful ideas, here's a better one. Zeus, we're told, also did these new humans a favor and moved their genitals to the front of their bodies. You see, prior to this, they'd been on our backs, and procreation wasn't done with each other, but by fucking the earth with your back. If I could make the sound of a chef's kiss into the microphone right now and have it not just sound like a noise, I would. These humans, though, cut in half and sewn back up, were now missing a part of themselves. They'd once been whole, and now they're split. And so they spend all their time looking for, quite literally, their other half. Importantly, in this description of our search for our other halves, there's no talk about which gender should be looking for which. Aristophanes explains that if you were cut in half from the original double male gender, you'd be looking for your other half in another man, and vice versa with women. It's this combined gender, the third, where one gender would be looking for the other half and the opposite gender. So, the next time you're in the company of a homophobe, you might tell them that the original concept of soulmates explicitly notes homosexual people looking for their soulmate in the same gender. You might even throw in that it's explicitly said here that gay men are, in fact, the best and the bravest, because they were cut from a double man. Now, I won't go into the sexism inherent in that because, well, I like how LGBTQ friendly it is. When a person finds their other half, their soulmate, they never want to be apart from that person. They can't imagine being separated. And we're told, they couldn't tell you why. There's no definable reason why everything is better when the other person is there. It just is. Love is, simply, what it means to be looking for your other half. It's the, quote, desire and pursuit of wholeness. Plus, a bonus, the way we are now could still be cut down further. If we don't properly revere and sacrifice to the gods, so get on that, because any moment now, Zeus could decide we're no longer of use to him as we are, and he could cut us further into half so that we're more like the reliefs carved into the friezes of the Acropolis. 2D. So you better be good to him. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Since we're on the topic of Plato in the symposium too, I should tell you about the word platonic. It comes to us from Plato, though he didn't come up with the word himself. 
In fact, it comes from the symposium itself, as it's a discussion of love in all its forms. Originally, though, the word meant something different from how we use it now. It was the difference between the idea of love as carnal, sexual desire, and love as a melding of souls. This is a simplification, but I think it makes the point. Platonic love, in this sense, wasn't a non-sexual relationship, just relationships that go beyond sexual desire, that involve a deeper connection of souls and intellect and ideas. It's a far more lovely concept, honestly. And so, on this Valentine's Day, I just want to say, truly, how much I love the ancient Greeks and everything they gave us. I give them a lot of shit, because, well, being a woman was truly horrific. But looking past that as much as you can, they brought us so much. So many stories and ideas that we don't even consider as coming from them because they're so inextricably linked with humanity. They gave us incredible love stories and incredible adventure stories. They gave us an understanding of the world that is truly historic and life-changing. I'm Liv, and I fucking love the ancient Greeks and everything they gave us, and I fucking love you guys for giving me an opportunity to learn more about them and to share this love I have for them. Thank you. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.